we, believe it or not, we're back. Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. COVID's over. You told me not to yell that, but I had to. <laughs> Sorry. It's because Sorry. it's not. It's not, Kyle. It depends on who you ask. Well, I try not to ask too many people. I just know. Well, that's smart. <laughs> that's <laughs> that the smart thing. That that's the key to that drill. To that's, yeah. a, that's a good decision. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Also, Kyle, I, I'm not on social media as much right now. Just because, remember, I told you I transferred phones. You're I'm not walking around. You're already normally not on social media no, as much. No, I know, but now I'm really out of the loop. I haven't so seen I you gotta, in a while. I got to get, I got a new phone. All right. Same number. All right. And then... Um, yeah, my old screen. Cracked. Oh, I was gonna say you already broke no, the new thing. No, no, no. This is the new one. Ah, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it looks like the same thing. Yeah, it's another <laughs> iPhone. All, All right. right. Well, it's the 12 though. But yeah. Anyways, so Kyle, you know, you can get the same apps, but because of security purposes and everything with phones, like they just don't allow you to your your social media footprint and stuff. Like you still have to re-input the the passwords and everything else. Oh, and, that's the worst process. Well, yeah, man, it's good and bad because of security, but at the same time, like, when I first got on social media, it's been that long ago, Kyle. What do you mean? Like, the, in the beginning of your social media voyage? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, when All Twitter. Right. I didn't get a Twitter account until I was in uh, the Carolina Panthers in 2000, what, 15? I don't even know. It's been that long. You don't even know? No. Well, that's when I got Instagram. Okay, well, I think look I was a year too late. Then Twitter was one of my last years in New Orleans, and I didn't even want to do that, but my people made me do it. All right, so I got to ask you this, though. All right, I said COVID is over. You say you can't say that. You're probably right. However, it kind of is, because yesterday the, uh, the CDC, right, loosened all the restrictions uh, for indoor uh, events with vaccinated people, and yep. today here in North Carolina, just uh, an hour ago as we're recording this podcast. Oh, wow, I didn't know this. An what hour happened? ago, Governor Cooper uh, just eliminated all of the social distancing, mask, uh, capacity restriction requirements, and I think outside of a small thing or two, North Carolina's back open completely for business. Uh, no masks are necessary, you know, for vaccinated people. It's over. That's why, I mean, that's why I said it's over. I'm joking, but I know for, <laughs> there is a portion of the population that will not look at this as it being over. And, you know, that's a conversation unto itself. I agree. Well, I mean, what is your risk factor? What are the circumstances? I mean, how comfortable are you going to feel in a room full of people? I'm good. No, seriously. Like, I'm, I, for me, I'm at an acceptable level of risk. I, I have been somebody since the beginning where I believe the science. I respect scientists. And it's made sense to me, you know, 90% of the time, most of the way through. You know, there are plenty of things that don't, and we don't have to get into that, you know, like air quality and airplanes and, you know, trans mm -hmm. just, but it's, it's, I believe in the science, the masking up made sense. Uh, but for me now, understanding that, you know, what we know about this, both the virus and the vaccinations and the transmission, the level of risk for me is acceptable. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, it's not that I think that nothing could ever happen, but there is now a level of risk for me that is on par with most other things I deal with in my life. And I'm over wearing a fucking mask. I, I don't want to do it anymore. And if somebody else does, I respect that. I'm never going to say or criticize anybody for, for making that choice for themselves. But for me, I'm done. I'm, uh, this is okay for me. Now, unless the conditions like worsen it. and something changes, I'm good, man. I'm going back to real life. Uh, boom. I'm going back to real life. Boom. So, I, Kyle, I'm not mad at you. That might not sit well with some people, and I'm sorry if it doesn't, but I respect your choices. Please respect mine. I'm totally with that, Kyle. So... It, so each business has their own choice or 
now, but Governor Cooper lifting all the law. So now, I mean, you can't, you definitely can't enforce it. It's all your choice. I mean, private, private businesses can obviously set their own rules and regulations, right, obviously right. to an extent, unless you touch into things like actual discrimination and stuff. But I mean, this yeah. is, you're going to see, there, there are already tons of places where you're from in Alabama. Yeah, I was North just Carolina. there. I was just telling you, Kyle, right. I was, I, we, uh, at a golf tournament and I was just about the only person with a mask on, but then eventually Everybody, especially when we were outside, I didn't. It's not like I was wearing a mask or anything. Right. So, and it was really just when when I first walked in and I didn't know any anybody. And then as I, you know, saw my friends and family. Right. Then it was cool. Yeah, and like and the entire time, if I was around a crowded group of people outdoors, I'd throw a mask on. It's fine. Uh, well, I, not not if I'm outside, I'm definitely not. Well, I'm just saying, like during the I'd At say the point. first six eight oh, months last oh, year. Yes, for that, sure. For sure. As, yes. as time went along, as we yes. learned more, if I was outdoors, you know, again, less I'm for, and I was never in that situation. I didn't have a mask on outside, and I was usually walking the dog, going for a run, working yep, outside, yep. things like that. But I mean, again, we don't have to get down into the weeds of our you know, behaviors during it. I'm just very thankful for the fact that we are here at this point, and well, I, that just happened. It ju- well, here in North Carolina, it just happened this afternoon. Nice. So I'm, I'm literally seeing you an hour after the news broke. So <laughs> you don't even I, – I just assumed that – no, you know what? I shouldn't have assumed that. I was just happy that the news broke. There we go, man. And so now you got the Hornets with a playoff game potentially. Uh, yeah. That if they, you know, get in the play-in tournament, we can talk about that and beat the Celtics maybe and, you know, get a home game. You know, the capacity right now has been limited to 4,500 people, but they could conceivably pack the house for a playoff game if they make a series. And then our Carolina Hurricanes. Shout out to our oh, yeah. Carolina Hurricanes. Those are our guys, yeah. Kyle. Top seed, Central Division. Oh, uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, the series starts. I got to uh, get weekend. a jersey, bro. I have to have a jersey. Well, why, we should have gotten one the night we went. I know, I that know. But genesis. that means we need to go back. People need to understand that the genesis of this podcast <laughs> was a Carolina Hurricanes game. A True statement. Regular season against the Pittsburgh Penguins. True statement. You and I, first broadcast we ever did, we drove out to a, a hockey game and uh, – Boom, here we are three years, four years later doing a podcast. So it's cool that things are opening up officially. And again, man, I, I will say this. I think there are people out here that when we veer away from sports on this podcast have probably heard me do a lot of criticizing of uh, the previous administration and some of my friends on the right. And they say, oh, KB never criticizes people on the left. You ready for this? Here I'm ready, Kyle. Shall I write this down? Brookline, Massachusetts. Brookline, uh, Massachusetts. I believe, and I'm going to pull up this story because if I'm going to insult people, I'm going to get it right. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going I'm, 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 <laughs> Hey, Kyle, that is – hey, people, that is crucial information. Journalism right there. Right there. That that's, is, if you are going to criticize, you do need to get the people that you're criticizing. That's exactly what that is. Correct. So I the, like it. The long and short of it is, uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, I believe it was the second most educated uh, county in America. Again, I'm looking for the news stories on it. Regardless – I think it was two weeks ago, they overruled uh, the CDC guidelines and decided to, I believe, just go ahead and keep masks and keep the tightest possible both uh, restrictions, but also quarantines and lockdowns. And these, Why, what, no? Why are they doing that? They're defying the CDC's order. The people that they've been preaching about all along to follow the science, listen to the CDC, you know, insulting people who disagreed with them, and in some cases justifiably so, but still, you know, this is the hyper-intellectual class in Brookline, Massachusetts, saying, you know what, we've been championing the CDC the whole time, telling people to follow the science, telling people to take uh, COVID seriously, but now that the CDC says that it's okay to relax some of these restrictions, we know better than the CDC, and we're going to overrule those restrictions and keep a tight lockdown in place. Like, those are the kind of hyper-intellectual liberals that drive people insane. And again, I'm not saying that you can't make that personal decision for yourself, 
But to impose it upon everyone else when the CDC has said what they've said, I think is very wrong and so elitist and so obnoxious. And these are the people that are kind of driving me insane right now because do it if you want to. I'm going to go with the CDC on this one because I've generally been going with the CDC all along. Correct. And it, just because you're mad at them now because you want to stay locked up and binge watch Netflix all day, you know, go, go for it, man. I'm not judging you, but I'm going outside and I'm going to go for a run. You know, I'm, I'm going to a restaurant. I haven't been able to sit down and have a beer with a friend uh, in a long time without feeling guilty or without having to worry about life can start again. I agree. Let's just do I it. I love it, Kyle. Let's just have life. I, I, I can't believe people in Brooklyn, I don't even understand that. I know. That's, that's, it's just. I mean, like restrictive outdoor face covering mandates. And look, I, I'm not going to be like uh, what you hear on TV where they like, oh, this radical left, blah, blah. That's, right. like, that's like the same old speech, bro, that I hear from people when you talk about people that lean one way or not. I don't right. care I about don't any like that extremists. Stuff. I, don't, I don't like anything I, radical. I don't, I don't right? like extremists. Uh, yes. I just don't. I mean, I and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and generally speaking, nobody does. No. Generally you know what speaking, I'm saying? No one does. Nobody likes No those. one likes extremists. No. They just don't. And no. It's, it, this kind of thing drives me insane because it's okay. You're hurting your own cause now. Yes. You, know, you, you were right in my and opinion. And I, I don't even know. This just sounds like a Brookline, Massachusetts place. Somebody oh, that not. thinks... They're too smart. It's other places that oh, are still keeping stuff like that. There are plenty of communities of people around I me. Mean, here in Charlotte, there are some. No doubt that, that it's going to happen. And again, cool. Do it for you. You're not imposing that on me. By the way, I got the vaccine, uh, and I went to Harris Teeter to do it. I meant to text you this yesterday. Hold on, what? Yeah, when did, what? went to the Harris Teeter Pharmacy and got my vaccine. Sweet. And, uh, you know, I went actually wearing a different colored version of this shirt. Okay. And, you know, when you go get a shot, you should probably wear a short sleeve shirt. You should, or just be ready to go so guns out. I'm standing in the middle of Harris Teeter yesterday on South Boulevard, shirtless in Harris Teeter. Whole shirt off, Kyle? Hairy ass, chest out, and everything, man. Just there Kyle, to why did you just pull one arm out? I went full Petey Pablo and, you know, twisted it around. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, uh, I got to get the arm out. You want to go through this? And I was like, dude, I, I'm not stretching my neck out like a four year old. I was like, I'll just take my shirt off. He goes, you, you cool with that? And I was like, I. Is everybody else cool with that? It doesn't bother me. So I'm like shirtless in Harris Teeter getting a, a shot yesterday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I had an experience, man. <laughs> that is definitely a, a lot better, more action than my experience of being back. I got, I got, I got the shot, too. So, yeah, you got the um, the one shot, the one shot, Johnson Johnson. Yep. So I had the uh, Pfizer. So yeah. I had two shots. How was that? Did you get sick? No, I did not. Good for you. Thank you. It knocked some people down. I know. I, shit. I mean, the Johnson Johnson knocked my wife back a little bit. Did so. it really? Yeah, yeah. So. It got me a little bit. So yesterday, I'm, I shouldn't have, but because it became available at the last minute, and I really wanted to get my vaccine, just get it over with, I jumped on it and took it. And I had to be uh, in studio for the Hornets pregame show an hour later. So I go over there. I get it. I actually get to the studio late, but, you know, this is obviously a priority. And so I go in. I start the show, and I feel fine. About 15, 20 minutes in, you know, it, 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 the symptoms are like headache, fatigue, and a few other things. But I could feel my body warming up, you know, kind of revving up on the inside, started to get a headache and things yeah. like that. And I felt generally kind of lousy, you know, throughout the evening. But all day today, I'm good. I've got a slight bit of soreness in my arm, but otherwise I'm fine. So yeah, man. It's, it's no problem. And now I've got the, the Bill Gates microchip, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, ordered around by remote control and monitored <laughs> everywhere I go. And uh, soon I will be a member of the CCP military and, uh, it's good knowing you, you know, I love that. Uh, yeah. The microchip, I got the microchip shot, man. Uh, is that what they call it now? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's what these vaccines are. They're actually a global scheme by Bill Gates to implant us all with microchips so that we can be monitored, tracked and controlled. And, uh, 
You know, it's almost as if cell phones haven't existed for the last 15 years. <laughs> I told a guy the other day, he was like, you, you don't get, and he was kind of joking, but I could tell he was very anti-vaccine. And I was like, you're going to get microchipped. And I was like, dude, they've been following me around for a while now. They know all about me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, do you have an iPhone in your pocket? Yeah. They can find you whenever they want to, man. <laughs> no they, doubt. They always, know everything about you. And not only that, they can go back and see everywhere you've been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, dude. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about Bill Gates' microchip. Hey, maybe it'll come in handy at some point. I don't know. Maybe if I get lost, my family can find me. Anyway, all right, I got to ask you about this gas thing. When you were down in Alabama, did you miss the gas shortage? I saw it. So my, my daughter was out of school today. Sydney didn't have school today because the gas shortage. So I guess because some students have to drive from 30 minutes away or 40, you know what I mean? Like in gas being an issue, they were encouraging people just to kind of stay back at home let your kid don't have to worry about bringing them and uh, and save gas. So, yeah, because of the gas shortage, my daughter didn't have school. But in Alabama, it wasn't an issue. Rolled right up, got gas. It was not a big – so literally I was watching – my dad was – because my dad watches news all the time. He has it on like uh, – NBA. <laughs> dude, I have no idea. But the dude literally watches the news all day long. It's I, on. I, and I it's like, good I'm, morning, America, da, da 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 Like, it just keeps rolling. I think it's their generation. I think it I, is. It it's, is. It's like, their that's generation. Just, dude, it's like they having the news it. on all day long is like normal. They all do it. <laughs> I mean, and my dad, like, he does watch a lot. He doesn't watch it all the time because he's usually listening to a baseball game right, on his back right, patio. Right. But he's otherwise watching the news. Yeah. That's, so anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, and so I'm literally watching it. And they're at the Costco right here in Charlotte reporting the whole time. This is like, <laughs> so it was like. Like, the national news was right here at the Costco that I get gas from here. And they're like, the lines are packed. Like, people are going, like, they're just buying up gas. Dude, we... It was like, and they're like, look. And the whole time, they're, like, trying to report that there, there's no gas shortage. It's just that, like, you know, this pipeline thing. But, like, you know, gas has routes. And they get into inner cities, like bigger cities, like Atlanta. Right. Like, those are the places that were struggling on the southeast. Like, yep. certain... Florida, not that much because people, you still, it wasn't a gas shortage. But people here in Charlotte panicked and people were going crazy here. And they said 90 some percent of the gas was like gone. Oh, for sure. And like the, <laughs> the two states, like here in North Carolina and specifically in Charlotte, we became the poster dumbass for the entire <laughs> yes. thing. By, yes. by, set by what was it, Wednesday morning? It was 75. And driving back, Kyle. So I got gas in Alabama at my hometown. It was expensive. I, that was the first time. But because of all this, the, gas prices have gone up and they typically do in every summer sure. gas prices rise people start that's to travel yeah that's right. just what it is they take advantage of it they always do so anyways so i stopped there and then in south carolina because i knew i saw the madness on tv i'm like dude it looks like people are going but people are going crazy about the gas and like dude and yes they were like zombies I, well it's it's the thing was like you said here in charlotte we were the village idiot in yeah. all of it because by Wednesday morning, 75% of the gas stations here in Charlotte were completely out. And My wife called me. was like, so should I get, can I, should I just put regular in the tank? Dude. She said, she said people were lined up down the street. She was like, it was, she was like, it was crazy. I got lucky because <laughs> Monday, right? When the whole thing started Monday, I think it was, I was blissfully unaware of all this shit. Like, not everybody knew then, but a lot of people did. And so I just was out doing stuff and I stopped by and got gas on Monday, filled up the truck. So I was good. Right. And my, so then it happens Tuesday and I text my wife Tuesday morning. I'm like, Hey, you might want to go get this done real quick. Cause I, people are about to lose their fucking minds. <laughs> 
And she was like, you think it's going to be that bad? And I was like, was I not the one that told you that the toilet paper and all this shit was going to be gone a year ago when yeah. people started? For she goes, okay, I'll go get gas. So she runs out, fills up real quick. And by three hours later that afternoon, it, they were, and when she went, they were six deep and the TV crews were already <laughs> up. And by that night, they were starting to run out of gas all over the place. And you had like 888 signs on the interstate and you had price gouging. There was somebody charging $9.99 for no. a gal- Oh, yeah. No, I think there, there's a price gouging case that's been opened up here in North Carolina. Oh, for my God. But like in really? Virginia, where my parents live and where I'm from, you know, that's another state, I think the second most hard hit state. And my parents are on the side of the state furthest away from the pipeline. Uh-huh. So all the bigger populations of Virginia, I think, sucked up all the gas before it ever got out to the western side. <laughs> and so my dad, I call him. He's like, yeah, Kroger ran out this morning about, uh, I don't know, about four hours ago. And I was like, what are you going to do? Hang out. I don't know. I, just, I mean, the fact that he's buying gas from Kroger. Bro, yeah. Let you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, it was a mess. And, of course, again, people do not learn their lessons. Kroger is on the bottom of the food chain when it comes to, like, getting gas. Well, you, you know, Kro- well, I, I love Kroger gas. Uh, no, no, I do, too. I mean, I love all the. I mean, points. gas is all the same, the same. Kroger but I'm just points. saying they're going to go to a Shell. They're going to go to Exxon first. That's eh, maybe. All I mean, Kroger's got fuel points. So I'm all about Kroger gas. But uh, the, the whole thing was funny. Like, you, you saw the videos. Some of those videos that went viral weren't actually – you know, from this year, they were from previous gas shortages of people just being stupid. But a lot of them were. There was a dude filling up plastic Tupperware, various sizes of plastic Tupperware, but in the parking lot at a gas why? pump. Why? I mean, the <laughs> only thing I, he's going to sell it to somebody. The only <laughs> thing I can think of. I mean, I don't, I, you just because it looks like you're packaging it for distribution. Like, like why? The one there's some guy filling up. People were just people are awful. Like at the moments of crisis where you need people to consider everyone. <laughs> The assholes that rush to the gas pump and some dude's filling up like a thousand pound generator on the back of a flatbed truck. It's like, come on, man. Like, these are the people you know you can't trust when we actually have the alien wars. And, you know, they do know that gas will go bad if it just sits in the tank, right? Like, you can't just have gas just... You can't just hold gas. Yeah, I mean forever. it lasts for a bit so long as it's sealed. But like, yeah, if you I don't if you need it in for dire reasons, okay. But like, you're just gonna let it hang. You put it in the freezer? Like, <laughs> what, I don't what, know. What are you doing? Anyway, it was a mess, dude. And uh, we just uh, you know I saw it. I witnessed it, Kyle. I was watching it on Good Morning America and stuff. They were talking about it, and I was like, dude, that's the fucking Costco, like right <laughs> down the street. I'm like people are going crazy. I was telling my dad, I'm like, dad, that's the I buy gas at that Costco. Right, uh, yes. And it was like. Eight deep, like in like six lanes, bro. It was like packed out right. there. The only well, they thing, got more than six. It the was only a thing lot. worse than that is Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel showing up because you know some bad <laughs> shit's about to happen. But NBC Nightly News reporting live from Costco in Charlotte <laughs> because people just could not help themselves and bought all of the gas, even when they were told, "Hey, this is going to be back on in like a day." Yeah, and sure they enough, said, they said ninety. They said ninety-six percent of the state's gas was gone. Right. And the, the whole state. And because of the crunch, we're probably not going to be right for like two more weeks. Yeah, and they were like, they were like, dude, and they're they're literally like, there is no gas shortage. Like, uh huh. Like, but but when you just supply, it's a supply and demand thing. Not only do you allow them to run the price up because supply is way, but you're also way hurting big. yourself. In you're that hurting supply yourself and demand when equation. you're doing the same thing. Right, you're, you're, like, you're hurting yourself in that <laughs> supply and demand equation because you're still going to force the gas prices to go up. Yes. Uh, yes. Know, this it was. You just can't trust people at all. <laughs> You can't trust people, man. I got to ask you about this because I have been, uh, even though you have been sort of off the radar, you've been on the radar just enough for me to witness what appears to be a budding flag football coaching career. And uh, I, I got to know how that's going because I've seen your wife posting you drawing up plays at the dinner table. Like your daughter's playing flag football and you are, are you reliving your playing days? What's going on here? Uh, no, Kyle, I'm not, man. But you're loving but it. It's, it is fun. It's fun. It's cool. But at the same time, um, 
We have not won a game yet. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm sorry I brought that up then. That's no, no, source, no. That's I a mean, sore subject. First of all, first of all, it's not that sore of a subject because I, I, I don't care at that level. I don't. For me, it's all about are they improving? Are they learning? Like little things, like confidence in certain things, like believing in themselves, yes. right? Like that is a big thing that I try and encourage. Don't get so mad at yourself. Like you're going to mess up, okay? Right. And the fact that, number one, I love the fact that you care, right? When you miss a flag and like you get mad, like I love that, right? Sure. And I, I need to tell my daughter that more often, right? Because she gets frustrated when she doesn't do right. But I got to be honest, Kyle, it's been a pleasure to work with the little kids and like see like different personalities and attitudes, some better than others. All right. So is it a co-ed team? Uh, yes. It is. Well, well my team's I've I, so far I've not played another team with any other girls, but I got I got girls on my team, and it's cool. I don't they don't bother me. I've been told it's that been girls good. are easier to coach when they're at that age. Well, it they have le way less attitude. Right. They, they are the people that are like, yes, coach, whatever you need. They'll like, listen. They'll they do will what you listen. Want. Right. They they're like, yes, they are there. Yes. Boys, some boys have. Tension spans, like, don't last long. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 you tell them to do something. It's like, hey, let me punt this ball into the wall and pick my nose real first. Right, right, and right, then we'll do right, that thing right. that you want to do. Just like, hey, are you here? Right. You know what I mean? Stop moving. Here? Stop moving. Oh, yeah. Yes. Stop moving. Stop moving. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, I have um, this uh, younger kid. His name's Kamari. I love Kamari. Kamari can run. But Kamari's literally all over the place all the time. Like some, but he's like, it's almost like I answer him. But he can't help it. Like he's just that type of dude. He has a great time. He has a great personality. He can run. He can do some things. He can pull flags every now and then. And he can just having a blast. Yeah. But I got to get him in his spot now, right? <laughs> got to get him in his spot, dude. Like got to help him get in his spot. And it's funny. Or like now I made him literally no more mouthpiece. Kamari, no more mouthpiece. I'm no, nope. Dude, they're not having full speed collisions out there. Ain't nobody hitting yeah, that. keep him from talking. No, no, no. He can't stop throwing it up in the air. Oh, so I'm like, come oh, on, yeah, yeah, put yeah. down the mouthpiece. That all right? makes total <laughs> sense. I would, yeah, but not only that, but when he throws it and he's trying to catch it still, he's not that good. He still has to focus to catch it, but he can't focus and catch it and talk to me. Like, right. So mouthpiece gone. Like, get out. <laughs> all right? Focus. So those are the experiences that I've been learning. I've been having a good time doing it. I'm not a coach. One other thing, man, I've been very proud of my own daughter. She's uh, showed some athleticism and speed, and she this competitiveness has really started to, to bud out of her. That's and awesome. It's been beautiful to see, you know, uh, and I get very passionate when, it, when I see her because uh, she is my oldest. I love her to death, and she's going to be a, you know, she's a decent athlete, but I, I like that now she's starting to get competitive, and it's been really kind of fun for her to see. She's had some success. Yeah. Uh, she scored a couple touchdowns. Uh, that was funny. I mean, Kyle, you got to understand, all right? I'm a dad, all right? This is my team, all right? I got this one kid named Logan. He rolls out there. You know, he's a, uh, a shorter kid, a little heavier set. But, dude, dude just reeks with confidence. I was like, all right, who can, who can play quarterback? Who can throw a ball? He's like, dude, me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, I, all right, bro, you be a quarterback. Let's throw it. Let's do it. All right? So, did I can tell you about this when my can, daughter? Can he, can he sling it? Can did he I tell it? you about this? No, you did not. Oh, so, I mean, he's, he throws it okay. Okay. All right. He can throw it, but then he'll freaking lollipop one up there, too, just in the middle of the field. Right? <laughs> he will, Kyle. And literally the very first play of the game. All right, I'm going through my playbook, and it's just some slant routes. He's like, oh, dude, i seen that play on Madden. I'm like, you seen it? Okay, let's run it. Cool. He identified the play. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Let's, do it. let's run it. It's his favorite play. <laughs> 
He loves running slants, baby. He's 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 ready. All right. You got to call it the touchdown play. Not really. We got to get a little bit. I do like him because he's fiery, bro. He scored a touchdown. He celebrates. He's like, yeah, I like that. I like that. He got some moxie to him. How about this, man? I, well, no, I just. Well, I get, so, anyways, this last thing. All right. So, first play of the game, he lollipops one in the middle of the field. My daughter comes down with it, catches it, scores. Very first play of the game. Her very first play of football. I was like so crazy excited. The most proud. I was so I was. It was good. So just learning from the kids has been good. But go ahead. No, no, that's good. I, I think that's awesome. I've had like I've had fun following along with that. Um, no, I just saw down here that uh, we don't have to talk about it. Trader Joe's headline as of 45 minutes ago: Trader Joe's is one of the first stores to drop mask requirement for fully vaccinated customers after CDC mask update. So Boom. 45 minutes ago, Trader Joe's just dropped it. The problem is, who's lying about having a vaccine? You know, that's that's the only issue that you're going to run into. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. We've already gotten to that. I want to get back to the, the thing because two things. Uh, I asked you about the flag football deal because even though you've been off of social media, did you see the video that went viral of the kids, the seven, eight-year-old football players in Weddington, the big hit, yeah. all that stuff? I looked at the uh, at uh, at the guys in the, the Hornets pre- or post-game show. I'll spit it out eventually. The other night when, we, when I first saw that and people were just blowing up and I said, this story is going to blow up nationally for the next two days. And one of the guys was like, you think so? And I was like, well, yeah, there's not that much going on right now, A. And B, people like to be outraged about things. And C, look at this. You got all these former players, Mike Golick Jr., Dan Orlovsky, uh, a few others already talking about it. And the What did J- they say about it? Oh, they were all just incensed. Like James Harrison, of all people. James Harrison, you know, was furious, ripped those coaches a new one. Um, now, Thomas Davis came out in defense of those guys on Instagram. I believe what TD said, if that's his experience. Um, you know, and obviously, I think with the Internet – Videos go viral. You don't exactly know when they were shot. Um, Sometimes you don't know where they were shot, but that one was quickly identified. And it turned out that the coach who was running that drill was fired back in September. Um, And, you know, people can have different opinions about that stuff, but, like, there were a lot of people angry. The the NFL released a statement. USA Football released a statement about it. How did you feel about it? Uh, Number one. I'll just up front, so you don't don't make me – or I'm not going to make you guess. I thought it was awful. Okay, I got it. So, number one, the first thing I think was, uh, well, I'm glad at least they had helmets on. All right? <laughs> yeah. That was the n- first thing I thought was, like, at least they had helmets on. Um, I hate any time you do kids' drills because at, at kids' age, at that age, right. you know who's played and who hasn't. It's very obvious, right? right? And at that age, you also got to understand that is how kids get hurt. It's like most – the kids that get hurt at that age are the ones that don't know what they're doing because they can't get out of the way. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You don't know where the ball's going, da-da-da. That's how you get cracked back on. Like, those are the ones that can get hurt. So you got to protect those kids as well. So you got to make sure you match up versus who you match up with. All right? Okay. So, so that is how I like to do it. But that's, like, my uh, initial thought of it when I saw it here's my question for you but I, I mean I wouldn't like that I, well, I don't know why they had that matchup that didn't make any sense to me well I don't know why start they at the very, the very basic the whoever thought it was a good idea to post that video is a moron that um, the, the <laughs> guy the guy who or people or the the gentleman who decided to run that drill with those two players also an idiot yes um, and lucky that uh, you know it, I guess it turned out the father's the kid's father was there and was I don't know was part of it um, but like third of all there is a debate obviously to be had I'd you know, also want to know this is another thing, Kyle. This is a football part of me comes out that, hey, how do you coach that kid to do better than that? You need to keep, teach him 
he needs to get lower when somebody's coming and trying to tackle you. It's a certain way you tackle as well. Right. So let me let me take it somewhere different. So though. did you coach him up as well? Should those kids be doing that drill? At I'm that fine age. With that. See, yeah. that's that's where, like, for me, and I, I'm that, completely 100 with that. And, and you're I'm not, playing tackle football. Well, okay, if you're playing tackle football, <laughs> right, you need to know how to tackle. But, but, like, if you back it out, the last, and I think this, like, this data is fascinating. I'm all over the place today. But, like, for the last several years, flag football participation in America from kids like six to 12, youth sports, has blown past tackle football participation. Yep. You know, so you have a lot of parents that don't want their kids playing tackle football at a young age, but they'll, you know, put them into flag football. Um, Drew Brees, your old teammate, said a couple years ago he won't let his sons play tackle football until he's in high school. Um, that's actually kind of been my stance for years, that if my kid wants to play football and, he, and I'll, I'll support him, I don't want him to play until he gets to high school personally. But I also don't sit in judgment of other people who let their kids play tackle football. I don't mm-hmm. try to tell other people how to parent their kids. That's just kind of a way that I've felt about it for a long time. And you know our buddy Corey Miller. Yep. Played at South Carolina, played for the mm-hmm. Giants. Uh, just the pastor, the of pastor pain. of pain. I mean, if you don't know him, roll you, are, tie. you can tell he sounds like a big, tough son of a bitch. Hey, hey, and he's a roll tie guy. He is a roll tie. <laughs> he came on the air with me on Wednesday and I asked him about this. And, uh-huh. he, and he said, you know what, man, full disclosure. He said, I coach Christian Miller, who his son who plays yep. for the Panthers. He said, I coached Christian when he was that age. He said, no doubt. He said, I put him in that drill. No and he, doubt. And he said he got blown up one day and he got hurt and he started crying. And he said, uh, and I let him do it again because, you know, that's what he eventually wanted to do. But then he said, but knowing what I know now, would I do that again? He said, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. He said, I would not do that ever again. He said, like in terms of, you know, playing, you know, at that age, hitting at that age, like that is not something that he would do knowing what he knows now. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are even guys in your, you know, group, your alumni group of the NFL that feel very differently about that. Some players Mm -hmm. will, some players won't. And some guys like a lot of guys feel really strongly. Well, how old were those kids? I don't couldn't have been older than seven or eight. So I I don't know how old they were. How old are you? So I didn't play football till I was in fourth grade. I was third. Yeah. So so for me. Um, I, I wasn't that young, and I'd been playing in the yard for like years. At by that point, like I, I mean, I've been playing tackle football with my with my brothers and stuff in the yard for years. Yeah, so I was like ready for football. So, um, but at that age, I just hate that matchup. And you know, I would let my son play football if he wanted to play. Right. Not that early though. Yeah. He'd have to wait till at least fourth, fifth grade is when I would say. Okay, I'll yeah. let you play. I, you know, I, I've said high school. I wouldn't let you play know, at like five or six, but right. no. I know I've said high school. I know some people have said middle school is where they won't. They, they'll let their kids start playing in middle school. Everybody gets so, a parent. So their kids I don't like that though, Kyle, because I don't think you're getting hit that hard unless you got um, a parent that wants his kid to get the ball or something. Like certain kids shouldn't touch the ball or run with the ball and tackle football. In in. At an early age, and that's when they take bad hits. But then I think the hits are even worse because the disparity between 7th and 8th grade in kids and maturity is so much bigger than it is when you're talking about 4th grade, 5th grade, Second grade, third grade, you know what I'm saying? Like well, and the kids are age, similar in size, and they're not they're not strong enough to hurt each other. Right, and at that age, their, their motor skills aren't developed right. enough that not right. even can they cut or run or jump the same. Like, to be able to just reflexively protect yourself, you know, right. things like that, they haven't learned how to do in eight. Correct. Yet. So, like, that's I think it. And for a lot of people, it's hey, what we know about the 
um, you know, the culmination or the accumulation, I should say, of hits over the course of yep. a lifetime uh -huh. is what leads to CTE and brain damage. And people's thinking, you know, you got seven and eight year old developing brains. Um, you know, why would you start them that early, you know, with that, knowing mm -hmm. what we know about the, the accumulation of hits over a lifetime? I, so, I agree with that a thousand percent. So, I mean, again, it's up, up to everybody. But that, that video got a lot of people up in arms and yelling about stuff. And I want to stay on football because if we don't get to this, we will have failed on this podcast episode. We got to talk. Let's go. You want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater? Well, I'm just glad he fought back. I, I know. That's what I'm glad he me. fought back. He said some things, put it on out there. I'm just glad he got in front of a camera and said his piece. That is happy. I like that because I got to hear some things, and I, well, I didn't hear anything. I read. I read the whole article and everything that uh -huh. when it came out when he was on the podcast and what he said and what they responded by saying. And I just like that, you know, he, t he said, look, I messed up here. I wasn't perfect, blah, blah, blah. But he also – Called out rule and the, on those guys on some of the practice t scheduling and things. Joe Brady, yeah, and, uh, and Joe Brady, some of the you know, and challenged other you know some coaches on that staff as well that they could have had their hand, that they everybody had their hand in it. It just wasn't Teddy Bridgewater just being a terrible ass quarterback. And I, I'm a glad that he stood up and said that. And I'm a believer because I just know I got still have to see it from M Matt Rule and Joe Brady still has to continue to grow as a play caller as well, yeah. which he has to take those next steps. We talked about a situation uh, earlier, just for a, a minute second, about the, the play call on the fourth and one, which yeah. people said about Joe Brady in that play call. Yeah, the, and, the and from, yeah go ahead. No, just the fullback dive. Yeah, the, the fullback the, dive. Alex Armour behind Michael Schofield. So, and you pointed out, and I had actually forgotten when I brought it up, that they had run the same play earlier in the game. Yeah, and got it on fourth and right. one. So the surprise factor by running a fullback full dive is no longer there. Right. It, always, it usually works on the first one. Got a little cute. Yeah, but then you There's no back. way that they think I'm going to run the same play again, so we're going to run the same play. You know, it's, yeah, in the same situation. It's that I don't kind know. of overthinking, right? <laughs> I mean, he's like, I bet you they think that I might, but then they go, no, nah, he won't run the same play, so I'm going to run the same play twice. But the thing is, though, you in, in short yard situ situations, you got three runs you have that you really like. Yeah. And those are the ones you practice, you, you run. You know what I mean? And those are the situations that you have to do in practice. And those are the days that, when, that I thought we did it on Fridays. Friday was red zone day. And, like, you know, you want it to be fast, man. You got to get it going a Bro, little that bit. That whole conversation got so dumb so fast. It got really dumb really fast because, like I told you, a lot of people heard him say, well, you know, we didn't really practice red zone in a two-minute drill. Then he said, you know, then he followed it up by saying, well, you know, 15 plays, you know, so on and so forth. So right, he, right, right. He, he, uh, it was he, a fast 15. He contextualized it a little bit, you know, after yeah. that. But a lot of people just heard him say, you know, we, don't, we didn't really practice uh, red zone or two-minute uh, drill. No, if you listen to him, he said the tempo. They right. walked through it. Right. And that's what I don't like about red zone. To me, I like red zone being really fast because as a player, you understand red zone, man, it's fast decisions. In that tight red, bro, you don't, you don't have to defend behind you as a safety. So everything's in front of you. It's, every ball is a one ball. It's a straight, hard, fast ball. And you got to defend short inches. Every inch matters in the red zone. That has to be really fast. You have to, a quarterback, you have to have a feel for that to be able to make that quick decision. When to, what hole, what, you know, what windows are you trying to throw it to? That is something that needs to be practiced at a high, high speed. However you're going to run it in the red zone, that's how you need to practice it because it's that hard to cover, to protect, to do everything else in the red zone. It's that tough. I agreed. I mean, that's – So as a personal feel, I hated that when I heard them. like, dude, I'm glad he said that because for those that are listening and know what, what that means, 
like and has been in those situations before, that's really big. Yeah, and I've, I've heard you talk about that sort of thing before. Yeah. And, like the thing is, I, I don't think it's about his play. I think by the end of the year, I mean, it's about his play, but it's, it's not about how many touchdowns he did or didn't throw and think it's I think they didn't like his decision making. They didn't like his unwillingness to stretch the field sometimes. Yeah. And they also, you know, when he called them it out, it wasn't after, a perfect marriage when he called them out after the Minnesota loss. They didn't like that. Um, you know, they just this has been a back and forth for several months now that we all kind of figured out pretty quickly where it was headed. Yeah. And now it's, you know, Sam Darnold. Which Sam I'll, Darnold, let's go. Well, I think that he can be good. Yes. I also think this might be a spectacular disaster. I, I have no idea <laughs> hey, what's going to happen. Kyle, this is literally, you know, this is like, all right, I just divorced. You know, I just got divorced. I, dude, this girl, I've been dating her for three months. Jump right back I love into her, it. bro. Oh, I man. love her. I love her. <laughs> now, this could even go either way, right? This is it, Kyle. <laughs> and you got to understand, uh -huh. this, is, this is where Matt Rule is right now as a head coach, whether he likes it or not. And I know he has his wife and his couple of daughters, like, yeah. in real life. Matt Rule's getting quickly remarried to somebody <laughs> fresh out of a divorce. No doubt. Like, this is where it's going. Yeah. And his career is tied to Sam Donald now. Yeah. For sure. Like, if, if Sam Donald takes off, Matt Rule, you're good. You're genius. You are great. Yeah. But if, if this marriage does not work out, then and, – and right now, uh, Sam Darnold's getting the perfect pass because everybody's blaming it on his bad play on the coach. Yeah. Right? And the situation and what the Jets organization, blah, blah, blah. And um, I believe this season will have to go just catastrophically bad for them to fire rule at the end of the year. No, no, no. He's still but, here. But for what I'm saying at least is, is that th two or three more years. But the thing about Darnold this year is, I believe, if he is not at least very good this year, they're taking a quarterback next spring. You know, <laughs> well, you better, right? I, yeah, you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dave, first of all, David Tepper's not that patient. Uh, <laughs> second of all, you have – and they've, they've done a good job, you know, filling up the roster with young talent. You know, yeah. I like what they did in the draft. Like, I do. I really like the what they did in the draft. The roster's going in a good direction. Well, the direction. first two rounds I love. Then after that, it gets shaky. Uh, hold on. And, but I, I'm saying, like, with what they've done to upgrade this roster, right, it's all moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the quarterback, it's not going to work ultimately. And so a True. year from now, if Sam has not shown them – you know, that he's at least really good this year, they're drafting his replacement next spring. Well, you got to understand, too, in the way I this – I still think Rule gets a year with that guy in that no scenario. No doubt, no doubt. That's yeah. why I said three years. Because I think this is how they're looking at it going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and looking at Sam as one of multiple swipes at a quarterback if they need to take him. And you also got a, uh, another thing, Kyle, is that um, the Panthers weren't expected to win anything for the next two years anyway until Tom Brady and Drew Brees supposedly have retired. Drew's gone. That's one out. Tom's going to be maybe a year – you know what? I can't. I'm not even going to try and put a number on Tom Don't Brady. Do that. Yeah, I, mean, I refuse See, to. Jason tell. Light was like, I think he can play till 50. The other <laughs> well, I know he's going to try. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, I would never tell the goat what to do. All right? Hell no. All right? Who tell? Dude, mm -mm. Mm -mm. so <laughs> not going to do what he wants to do. Yep, for sure. And he just won a Super Bowl, so you can't say shit to him. I'm done. I I, I apologize for even thinking but that thought. To the but, point, you're right. They're looking ahead to right, say, hey, that can was we set two ourselves years, up oh, yeah. to take over this division? Right, right, right. That's where they want to be. Uh, you know, I want to see how this defense looks. Uh, is it going to look differently this year as well? Um, I think this defense has a chance to be pretty good. So, uh, look, all right, who's on there that we I'm not love? saying elite. I'm just saying good. Well, like, I don't even know well, elite okay, good. So, so, I'm looking at it this way, right? So, you're looking at Burns. Derek. I like it. I love it. I oh. just want. I just don't want to stop dropping him back in coverage. He needs to go get the quarterback every single play. Yeah. Like 
he needs to be Von Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let him go do that. Sure. I don't want to see him passing coverage. I anything. think I'm right about this, but I remember the night that he got drafted, Brian Burns. I was in the press conference after the pick in Bank of America Stadium with Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, uh, you know, sitting front row. Mm-hmm. And that night, and I, I'm almost positive that's how this went. They had actually had a little bit of a disagreement. They joked about it, about how much they should drop Brian Burns back into coverage. And I think it was actually Marty Herney who said that, you know, he didn't want to drop Brian Burns back into coverage. And Ron Rivera did because of his athleticism. But anyway, to your point. He can. He can. He needs to put his hand in the dirt and go get the quarterback. No, I don't even want his hand in the dirt. I want you just to stand up and take off. That too. That's fine just as well. But you you get him, Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, which was a pickup that I liked. mm -hmm. Um, And then Itra Gross Matos on the other end, who before he got hurt last year was really playing well and getting after the quarterback. Who knows what he'll be I'm going to really dive into more of this Daquan Jones. Then you get to the linebacking core, and you're talking about Shaq and Hassan Reddick. And Denzel Perriman Jr., Jermaine Carter Jr. played pretty so, well last so, year. So Perriman should help in the middle. No doubt. He should help. He's and not a big guy, but he, he should help. The issue with him is can he stay healthy? Right. He if he can stay healthy, he can still play. Right, right, right. And then, you know, now you, you've got J.C. Horn. You've got A.J. Boye. You've got Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, Justin Burris in the back. Like, that's a pretty – So so I, that's so that's what I want to see. I want to see how this defense evolves if they're going to have Chin in the back. You like, and I both agreed a little while ago. The defense got better throughout the year. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they did. By they the did. end of the season, they were starting Miles Hartfield and Sam Franklin back there because they had so many injuries. I, but. I, I, yes, the secondary was scary. But I did think that they got a lot better. I really like it. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like Joe Brady got all the hype coming in, but Phil Snow did the better job last year. I'm not going to jump that far either. Well, I'm not, it's not like a referendum I'm on not, Joe. I'm just no, saying. No, only because I don't know their defense. I don't. Because well, you, it was such an enigma. Like Because nobody runs a 3-3 whatever. All right. Yeah. Like nobody ran what they were running last year. So it's a little bit. So you're going to make some plays and you're going to do some things. That's what young defenses do. I think they have to find a way to continue to be whatever they're going to be. But it's weird when you're a team that doesn't play together. All right. Where my defense is good and I play good defense, but your offense sucks. You still lose the game. For right. Sure. So or you're like your offense is really good, really good. But your defense has terrible numbers. They never put it together on the same day. That is what you have to learn how to play complementary football, and that's the biggest thing I want to see. It's not about co- – I mean, complementary. How do they complement each other on both sides of football? I think that's what so many people we get lost when we talk about those things. I, I agree. But, yeah. again, I, I just think that this team – But hard. defensively, I love J.C. Horn. He wasn't in my top corner in the draft, but I love J.C. Yeah, Horn and what Bama he's going to be able to do. I would so expect first you all, to have some nothing to do with Bama. Yeah, you can say that. I mean, what do you want me to say? Nothing. <laughs> I don't want you to say yeah, anything. Anyways, Your I Saints, love J.C. The Saints were trying to trade up out of from 28 to the top 10 to go get J.C. Horn. I love uh, – Well, Horn or Sertan. Yeah. But they, Horn was the first guy on their board. No doubt. I mean, J.C. No, – who, who, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who, Sean, I'll pull up the quote. I, I'm, well, look, I think he mentioned J.C. Horn first. I mean, I don't know that he went into great detail, but he mentioned J.C. Horn first. Uh, let me pull this up while we talk here because it's interesting. Either way. They got a kid who I – mean, you texted me the day after and said he's, auto, he's day one, their they're number one best corner on the team. I did say that. I, I think he is. He's, he's better than Dante. Big, he's big, he's fast, he's physical. I mean, yeah, I'm not, he's better. He's, not he's better than Dante. Definitely not a, a finished product, but, I mean, he's – Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I mean, he is a really, really top-notch player. Well, no, but I'm saying you brought up the And he plays smarter this year. I thought he has progressed in so much in his career. I loved his size. I think he has great zone ability. He didn't do it as much as uh, Sertan did at times, but – I think he just wasn't asked to do it as much. Sure. I mean, that's – again, all I was saying was that, like I, – I love Sertan. It has – it's like – we're like fine-tooth – like fine-tooth with Well, and that's what you told me the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I love the pick. You, you mentioned – I just want to make sure Carolina uses him correctly. 
but then people say, oh, they, you know, they play zone, blah, blah, blah. But then we also talked about could they play man? They didn't, maybe didn't have the defense. Well, it was, it was funny because, time. like, Pro Football Focus uh, criticized the J.C. Horn pick, saying that he's a, pre- he's a press man corner and that, you know, Panthers play zone. Well, the, the immediate question that all, pretty much all of us asked was, why, why do you think they played that much zone last year? Because they didn't have the personnel to do it. I mean, Dante Jackson was their best corner going into the season, and he had turf toe all year long. And so Troy Pride Jr. was – they signed Rasul Douglas off the street a week before the season started. Like, that's – they want to be a press man. I mean, they want to be aggressive, and they want to play man on the outside and get after the quarterback. Like, that's what they want to do. Well, I hope they do it this year. It'll be very fun to see. Uh, I just want to see who's going to be the – I just want to see the finished product. I'm going to see him at practice and during training. Yeah. I'm going to either ride down or something. I'll take a day. It's whatever. Um, yeah, here it is. I got the, here's the thing. He told Rich But I Eisen, have to see it. Sean Payton said that uh, they were looking to trade up. So, he said we had two corners graded, both Horn and Sertan, with real high grades and very quickly. No doubt. In. So, that, that's, they were trying to go up from 28 to, uh, to the top 10 they to were, go get him. They were. I'm telling you, I, I would have been oh, very okay with that move because they need corner. And those – those two corners were clearly the top two guys in this year's class. And it, I mean, clearly, because they both have size, speed, they're both physical. I mean, they're really good players. And Sertan has the lineage like a mug, too. Oh, yeah. No, and then. And how- I told you that, that would have been my deciding factor. If I was in the office and coaches were like, all right, which corner do you like, number one? I would say, literally has to do with lineage. All right, Patty Sertan, his father, played defensive back right. for 12 years, 13 years in league, made three or four Pro Bowls. This dude has been teaching his son how to play defensive back since he was like, all that that's in there is in there. Yeah, but J.C. got to cover his dad. <laughs> no, he didn't. I mean, when he did cover his dad, his dad was old, all right? <laughs> and look, but, but his dad gets to teach him all the wide receiver tricks. Yeah, I, I understand I that. It's, it's, you're right. Both have great pedigree. Yeah, for me – that was what I would have put on the table and said, Coach, that's why I'm taking him before. All that's right. why I would. No, that's, that's sound logic to me. I don't have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah, because all the other stuff so easy and measurable together. Like, you get it. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't. And they're both that good, so it didn't matter. No. Sean was right. It was those two, so, clearly. Last, I love the pick. Last thing, and I, we got to get to something that neither one of us really want to talk about, but we have to talk about. All right, um, let's do it. Uh, the Darnold versus the Jets week one. How about that? That's going to be awesome. The NFL was like, check this out. Look what we're going to do. And Darnold versus the Jets week one. And I think the Jets, I don't know if I like their quarterback situation. The Jets. I don't know. Did they really upgrade? By getting that, no, nobody yeah. knows that. Exactly Zach Wilson what. might be terrible. <laughs> I, 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 That's I hope, I'm, I, like, I'm not rooting against the kid. Well, me neither. Me neither. How could, I don't have any idea. I mean, he looks, he's got the gunslinger look. You know, he reminds some people of Patrick Mahomes and, you know, so on and so forth. Maybe he is that. Or yeah. maybe he flames out as quickly as Johnny Manziel did. I have no idea. Oh, man. But I the, hope not the Johnny can you, Manziel. But just like, if you're a Jets but fan. But I'm really, I'm really excited to see this. But, I mean. You're, there are a lot of Jets fans upset about them letting Darnold go, by the way. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But they also got to understand that, I mean, Sam Darnold's probably going to feel great after the Panthers come in there and wax the Jets in week one. Well, yeah, what's well, here in Carolina. So, I mean, that's – they should beat them. The Jets should be bad. I don't know. But I think that's a really cool thing that the NFL I think I, I, I like the NFL. I hadn't even looked at the whole schedule. No, I, well, there's like schedule release dorks out there that like look forward to that every single year. Like, I mean, those are the Twitter heads, bro. Oh, dude, I know. Those like, are the Twitter heads, Kyle. I, I don't – sometimes I feel bad as a sports talk <laughs> radio host that I'm not as into stuff like that as other people are. But it's like, no, I'll check the schedule tomorrow. I'll take a look at it. I'm watching this sweet movie right now. No doubt. I, don't, I just don't wait for it. Anyway, tomorrow night, 
Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame induction. Kobe Bean Bryant is going in with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey, LSU, and, and I think two others. Uh, Michael Jordan is doing the induction for Kobe Bryant. And the, I don't know if you've seen this story, MJ, I think, himself released some of the final text messages that he and Kobe exchanged before, of course, Kobe passed away. And he's, MJ's already talking about how emotional it's going to be tomorrow night, how rough it's going to be. Are and you, MJ, are you going to watch this? I, I guess I will now. I didn't even know that. You didn't know it was tomorrow? No, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'm, kind of forgotten I'm, until earlier in the week. No, I'm definitely going to watch tomorrow. You're going to make it through that? Yeah, I have to. Yeah. You're I'll right. probably record it. I have to. Ugh. I mean, it's going to look, first of all, MJ's going to cry because MJ has cried. The whole city of LA is going to be miserable tomorrow uh, night. Well, it's just going to bring flair back up to emotions. Yeah. All right, so we'll probably get a couple new murals out there, too, for my man. <laughs> um, but that's what happens. That's L.A., baby. So, um, But I'm definitely going to tune in, man. It's going to be emotional. Uh, Mike probably will share some stories. But it couldn't be a better person to, to do that for, uh, for Kobe, though. And uh, I'm, uh, it's just unfortunate that he's not here with us to, to go in himself because I would have loved what he would have said. It's crazy, man. It's still – it doesn't – he's one of those. And, and would I, he have been – would he have had – do you think he goes in last – like, does he do they do that speech last or when do they do? It? Of course, they're going to do it last. They now. would have to do it last. Right. Yeah. Even, but if he was here, though, you know, and that's the thing, though, you almost wish they would have done it, you know, not his by himself necessarily. But like Tim Duncan is deserving of. Yeah, that's headlining what I'm saying. That's, what I'm, saying, class, right? like, that's like, what I'm saying. And I don't think Tim Duncan minds for a second. having well, to share he's going, the, Yeah, Tim. Does, I mean, clearly nah, he does not. He's care one of the most stoic, <laughs> low key people you will ever meet. And I don't think he has anything to say about it, but he is deserving of headlining <laughs> no his own Hall doubt. of Fame class. He's, but that, you know what? That's what I'm saying. Kevin Garnett kind of is, too. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I, I but think KG, man, KG went to the next level when he went to the Celtics. He was already great. He did. There's no question about it. I'm not saying he's Boston, on the put same him level. The he's, he's probably a is half he going level. in? Is he going in on, with who? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, that never actually occurred to me to look up today. Or do you really go in with any team in, in, in the NBA Hall of Fame? Because the NBA, it's like, it's just basketball. It's not an right. NBA. It's not a... It's just a basketball Hall of Fame. I'm looking it up right now because I hadn't even given that much consideration because you're right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's a thing. I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, again, Kobe and Tim Duncan playing for the same teams for their entire careers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just rare. And how about uh, Malky going to LSU, though? You know, that's, she's a Louisiana native, right? I know, but that's a big move, though. It is. It, well, no, it is. I mean, Especially she, all the success she had at Baylor. Like, right. She's put on a very consistent – like, she's, they're good. I mean, she has um, – I, I haven't looked – I haven't seen the side-by-side -side numbers in terms of how many titles she has next to Pat Summit or Gino Oriema, but I'll look that I up. she's I, got three. She's, you know, obviously ha, has been moving in the direction of that right, conversation right, right. for a while now. Right, right. And so, and, I mean, I think it's really cool for And LSU. did you just say this? Maybe MJ's handling her induction, too. Is he? Yeah, he's inducting – I think he's the first – I think he's the first person ever to induct two people in the same event. He's doing Mulkey. He's too? doing Kim Mulkey and Kobe Bryant. I, I didn't I even believe know that. That's How does correct. he know Mulkey? Uh, okay, I would love to know that connection. That's a great thing, though. Yeah, we're gonna, I mean, I'm going to look this up because, again, like you, I've been so look. In I can listen to Michael Jordan talk all the time. For he sure. doesn't speak a lot, but when he speaks, he speaks volumes for me, uh, especially when it comes to basketball. Here we go. The Advocate: the How Michael Jordan Became LSU Coach Kim Mulkey's Presenter for the Hall of Fame. That's cool. Uh, so she's uh, legend. Michael Jordan will uh, pair with blah blah blah. Now my computer's freezing up a little oh, bit. Oh, sorry, Kyle. No, you're good. It's uh, it, it is an interesting connection or one that I've wondered about. Absolutely. So apparently, uh, I'm looking here. Blah blah blah. This is a short story, and I don't appear to see the the actual explanation. <laughs> so now I, you know what? I'll come back to it. All I know is, you know, MJ's the first person to do it. It is cool though. 
Didn't oh, here it is. Here it is. Basketball legend Michael Jordan will introduce Mulkey, a pair who go all the way back to the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics when they Whoa. helped their respective teams win gold medals. That's right. That's uh, right. That's okay. I, I, that had escaped my mind. I'm certainly no uh, authority on Kim Mulkey's career, but I had forgotten about that. So that makes sense. The 84 Olympics is where they met. That's very cool. Was, was she uh, – what was she doing there? She was coaching? I think she played. She was a very good player. Oh, man, that is awesome. Yeah, led their respective teams to uh, the, in, in the Olympics. So That is so good. That is very cool. And it's tomorrow night, and uh, what a class, man. Somebody asked me earlier – actually, uh, my producer, Smoke, asked me on the show. He said, is this the greatest Hall of Fame class ever inducted? And I said, no, I wouldn't say that, but it's probably top three because – Look at this. I got a this list here. This really good. So there's the class of uh, 1980, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Jerry Lucas. Hmm. Um, and then really... you've got a class. It's, but this one has more. I, I, I got a few more here. I don't okay. think that's the best. Uh, okay. Then you have, uh, let's see. Uh, see, the, the older guys appreciate these more. But 87 was Rick Berry, Walt Frazier, and Pete Maravich. You know, names that we all know. Mm-hmm. 93, Julius Irving, Bill Walton. Calvin Murphy, Walt Bellamy. And, okay, so and then we go uh, 2009, Michael Jordan, John Stockton, David Robinson, uh, Jerry Sloan, and then Vivian Stringer. Uh, yeah, that, one's, that one's that's, that's, that's the best probably one I've heard so the number one for me. <laughs> because it's a lot of – But more. then, I mean, I, I'm not but saying it's this better. One. 2016, Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, Yao Ming, Cheryl Swoops, oh. Tom Izzo, oh. and John McClendon. Oh, yeah, so in really terms good, of yeah. like raw yeah, yeah, star, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that one might have the most. <laughs> yeah. But this one, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey. I mean, this one is it's, it's got to be top, up there too. Top three for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. you're, you're talking about three of the fifty greatest players of all time. I think is KG a fifty great one of the fifty greatest players of all time. I mean, depending. I mean, he was one because he was the first, right? He I was. Think about that enough. He was the first, though. I think for him being the trendsetter that he was, coming from high school, nobody really did that. Right. Before KG, KG went for, and he got taller when he got in the league. He got it there like 6'10", 6'11". Really? And then got up like over uh, seven. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's he right. grew Kind of an Anthony Davis type of story. Yes, not, exactly. Just not as dramatic. Right. Well, he grew like nine inches in a year, I think. That was kind of freakish. But it worked out because he went from a two guard to a five. Yeah, and he's got the handles. And he's got the handles for it. So I mean, I, I'm just glad he's finally stepping up and winning, helping us win some games. Oh, look at you. Here. Look at you. The Lakers come Lakers out. Fan you know the, Lakers fan in the play-in game. How, yeah. How's that feel? You're right here with Dude, the Charlotte I'm re- I just don't want to see uh, Golden State because I think Golden State can beat anybody in one night because Steph Curry. Because of Steph Curry. Th- yeah, this guy can shoot and win you any game. But the thing is, when you – with that, I don't know. I think the Lakers could do enough, throw enough at him defensively that I don't think he'd go off for 50. Oh, if we got LeBron and AD, we're straight. That's what I'm saying. I, I yeah, think yeah. – I mean, he we could just still need a healthy have a, team. He could still have a big night, but I don't know that he's going for 45-50 against the Lakers. No, no, no. We'll, we'll trap him the whole game. Right. And make somebody else beat us before that. try to beat him up and run him to death <laughs> yeah, all yeah, night yeah. long. <laughs> no doubt. But the Hornets um, – you know, obviously, I'm you're really looking forward to the Hornets, though, man. <sighs> the problem, and look, at this point, it doesn't matter. It's they're, hard for me because I don't have spectrum. They're in the play-in tournament, and that's a win. Everything else from here on out is house money. They have no been doubt. In the postseason in five years. No you know, doubt. Everything else, this is cash money. You know, worry about next year. They got their star player back when some people said he might not be back all year. Lamelo was really good last night, um, but he's been up and down since he got back. And I mean, they, he's, they, I mean, but they still don't have Gordon Hayward. They still don't have Miles Bridges. Right. Uh, they still don't have Cody Martin, who's not a great player, but their best perimeter defender. 
defender. Yep. And, you know, so they, they got healthier. But these guys have been – it's been so long since they all played together yeah. that they have no rhythm Are right they going to be able to get all back? Well, I don't – probably not. Uh, they, they, I don't think Miles Bridges is going to make it back for tomorrow's game against the Knicks on the road, maybe by Sunday. But they wouldn't beat the Knicks anyway, so. Well, I mean – Well, the Knicks, they already clinched, though. Yeah, you know, the Knicks are in, for sure. The Knicks are in. I, you know, I don't know. The Hornets definitely can beat the Knicks. I mean, they, they've beaten better teams throughout the season. But one of those teams is the one that if Charlotte stays in the eight seed, mm -hmm. they're going to get the Celtics in that 7-8 game. And, I mean, they beat the hell out of Boston uh, like three weeks ago on a Sunday with all their guys there and healthy. Yeah. And now Jalen Brown's done for the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so Boston, Boston is a team – but but if the Hornets very beatable were, team, if you draw the Celtics and beat them and lock yourself into the seven seed, your prize is the Brooklyn Nets for a seven game series. <laughs> it's so, okay, man. You get home. You get home games, playoffs. That's what that's you what want. matters, right? That's if you what can matters. Just get some playoff intensity yes. basketball in the arena for these young guys and some playoff experience. Oh, it'd be that's what it's incredible. about. It'd be it's so good for experience. this team, man. Yes, and they're already playing. And some, and the Nets. I mean, yes, they're great. They got a whole bunch of great players on there. Right, but. They haven't played a lot of minutes or games together as well. So you got to think about that. So that's going to give you some advantage with the right crowd, the right thing. You can win one of those games, maybe two. Yeah, for sure. And so get, if they get into a playoff series, the likelihood they advance, very slim. But, like, they've gotten some pretty intense games here lately, too. So it's very good for that team. Last thing, and I, I just was going to throw this out here whether we were recorded or not. Um, there was a new show on that I wanted to talk about. Not even talk about. You should check out. The Good Lord Bird. I haven't heard. It's on Showtime. Ethan Hawke. You know, the, the famous uh, abolitionist John Brown from the yep. 1800s, the mm -hmm. guy who more or less started the Civil War? Yes. Ethan Hawke plays John Brown. And it's this Tarantino-esque limited series of the story oh, of John of Brown. It's called it. The Good Lord Bird. And John Bra Ethan Hawke as John Brown is a wild fucking ride in this show. He plays one of the most intense characters I've ever seen on a TV screen. And, like, just the writing, the filmography, the scoring, the dialogue, it's awesome. And I was – check it out. Tell me that what you John think. John Brown doesn't have an H either. That's a good – no old school. Famously, once upon a time – you know how Malcolm X, once upon a time, said that uh, he could never allow white people into his organization? Uh -huh. But if John Brown were alive, he might just let him in? <laughs> <laughs> John, I, don't even, I don't even remember that. John That's Brown funny. started the Civil War <laughs> and ended up, uh, you know, in the gallows <laughs> hanging from a rope. And uh, But his story is unbelievable. And Ethan Hawke as John Brown, absolutely incredible. Okay, you gotta I, gotta check it I, I will watch it tonight. I'm, um, I'm only four – Three, four episodes in, and I'm captivated. My wife is, uh, she's going rollerblading tonight with her rollerblading group. So Ooh. I got the kids. Perfect. We're going to start gonna, that now. I'm going to put them to bed. I was going to say, you don't I'm want getting them in bed, and then, and then I'm watching this. But see, he was this devout zealot of a, of a Christian, mm -hmm. you know, and that was everything to him. Yep. And so in his mind, the great redeemer, you know, slavery was the ultimate sin. And so he was determined that nothing else mattered. You know, they, he was going to end slavery. And that is amazing. He, I mean, you, they, you, they really dive into it, huh? Oh, man. This the, is good. The storytelling, the, the way that it's fantastic, man. Okay. It is one of the because there's so much. We're going to talk about this next. There's week. There's so much recycled garbage, you know, out right, there right, right, now, right. Because everybody's just pumping out content, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I get it. You know, you got all these different streaming platforms trying to grab market share. Everybody's yep. making TV. Show. There's too much shit to watch. No doubt. You could it's not possibly watch all the good things and still have a social. I still watch trash TV, too. But guys. this right here is one of the better. Version. I mean, it's one of the most unique ways of telling stories that you're going to find. Yeah. And this guy, he just but, – but while he was devoted to, his, to the Lord Almighty, he was a violent 
violent <laughs> son of a bitch, man. <laughs> it, it, the show is wild. You got to check it out. All right, I will, man. All I'm right, up. we got to roll. This was fun. I'm glad we got back together. I, we should have said this up front, or I should have. Sorry it took so long. We've been uh, really busy. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, happens. I got uh, a three-month, well, no, two-and-a-half-month-old at home, and uh, I could change some diapers. So. Hey, man, go do that. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.